Hey, Ness. Hey, Em. So today we're talking all about breakfast, and it's kind of funny because I know we're going to talk a lot about skipping meals and everything, and I have a confession because today I made this, like, amazing breakfast. It was, like, a vegan sunny-side-up egg and toast with vegan borzen and pesto on it and fruit. And then I completely skipped lunch and it's 155 and I ate like a Justin's mini peanut butter cup so I could be not late for our meeting. And you know, I actually I'm kind of guilty today as well. I literally had like I did not work today. I had today off and I woke up and I was just not hungry. Like I was not hungry until like 11 o'clock and eating just did not feel like something I wanted to do even remotely. And so I didn't. So I'm I'm guilty of not eating breakfast today. I mean, 11 o'clock is still kind of breakfast, like brunchy, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like we just need to get right into it because we're going to have so much information on this topic to share. Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to this uh, week's episode of Wellness Miss. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus over the winter break, but we are getting right back into it. And we are tackling probably one of the biggest myths that everyone has heard since they were a little kid, which is breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Now, I don't know, we're going to have a lot to say about this, but I know that Emily um, and I have both had our own journeys with breakfast, as most of us have. So, Em, what's your journey with breakfast been like? So, something that I think is really important to talk about when we talk about the first meal of the day is it doesn't have to look any particular way. Like, for a while, it was really difficult for me because I didn't really like a lot of breakfast foods. Like, I don't really like cereal. I'm not a huge oatmeal person. Like, I do kind of, like, force it on myself sometimes because it makes me feel good. But it's just, it can be difficult when you don't like those particular or those traditional breakfast foods. So for me, changing that up and allowing myself to eat, like, dinner leftovers for breakfast if I want or, like, soup or really any other type of food for breakfast has really freed up a lot of my options. And I find myself eating a lot more often in the morning now that I took the pressure off exactly what type of food. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I feel like that's a really huge thing that people struggle with with eating breakfast is they just don't like eating breakfast foods. So you are more than welcome. As gender is, breakfast is just a social construct. absolutely it's not really real you don't have to eat eggs in the morning because it's the morning time I mean there's nothing really to that you can eat whatever you want I similarly have had kind of a journey with breakfast partially because I feel like I like breakfast foods more now but I didn't so much in the past and I was like the typical, I was eating emails and coffee for breakfast and that was it. And just kind of like the, oh, I don't have time for breakfast. I don't feel hungry and not really feeling like it was worth it. And then kind of got to a place where I was like, I actually don't feel very good. Like I'm caffeinating like crazy. It's making me feel super anxious. I'm like sweating while I'm eating these emails in the morning. (laughs) Sweating. The like low blood sugar (laughs) sweating is the absolute worst part of not not eating breakfast. 
Right. And then I'm like devouring lunch and I want like anything and everything I can get my hands on. I just feel like super hungry. And then even I find when I don't eat breakfast, I feel so much more ravenous even at the end of the day, like towards dinner. I'm like clawing at anything I can get my hands on versus if I had two meals before that, I feel a lot more stable. Like I don't have to like eat every chip in my cupboard while I'm making dinner. Yeah, that's something that I relate to hugely. And it kind of goes back to the intuitive eating principle of primal hunger, where if we go through most of our waking hours without eating, we can really send ourselves down a pathway where we're not really able to tune into any cues like hunger and fullness. And we're just looking for that satiated feeling of because we've really been restricting all day long, even if it was an unintentional. You know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, intermittent fasting. I think that's something where we're like, OK, obviously that's indirect. Um contrast with breakfast being the most important meal of the day because those folks are usually skipping breakfast all the time. So I think that that hasn't really helped in recent years, like that trend in general. But what really happens when we skip breakfast is that we have that blood sugar tank that Vanessa was just talking about, and we can have a really hard time regulating, and that can lead to overeating in the evenings. And even like if your calorie amount's the same throughout the day, it's still better to stretch it out. It's like, with water, like you can't just slam five glasses of water at the end of your day and be like, well, you know, I drank like 60 ounces of water today. It's like, well, that's good. It's not like the worst thing. I mean, I'm not recommending you slam 60 ounces of water, but like spreading it out throughout your day is what's important to keep your brain functioning and your other bodily functions going. Yeah. And I mean, I think we've laid out some, you know, reasons why breakfast is really important. And so you might be thinking, you guys are saying myth. <laughs> it's a myth that breakfast is the most important <laughs> meal of the day, yet you're saying how important it is. And really why we're saying it as a myth is because I don't really think there's any particular meal that's the most important meal of the day. The most important thing is so you're supporting your body with nutrients throughout the day. And I don't think that one meal, depending on whatever time of the day it is, is more important than the next just because of what time you ate it. Yeah. And honestly, the more I think about it, you know, this saying of like breakfast is the most important meal, it makes me feel like, oh, you better pick something that's super health promoting every single time. And I think sometimes when we're in this box, similar to like breakfast foods, but like when you're in this box of being like, well, you've got to have like fruit, a big fruit smoothie or you can only have oatmeal or something like that because it's breakfast. Like you can't just wake up and eat like, you know, pizza or something like that. So I think it's almost like a weird way that diet culture kind of sneaks in there in this saying where we're thinking, oh, okay. I've got to like force myself to eat something healthy upon waking, which it's important to eat a balanced meal upon waking. I'm not trying to say that at all, but I think it's just one of those insidious aspects of diet culture where we're feeling a little bit of pressure. Yeah, and it's really interesting, too, because when we think of breakfast, a lot of times, you know, conventional breakfast foods tend to be more carb heavy. And so there's been a lot of studies on that, like whether the body processes carbs better in the morning than in the evening. Emily, have you looked at any of that research at all? No, I can't wait for you to tell me. Yeah. So I was looking into that a little bit and 
you know, studies have been pretty inconclusive in finding what's actually going on here. But some were saying that the body is better at burning carbs in the morning and fat in the evening. And I think that's mostly just because people tend to be more active in the morning versus, you know, they're starting their day, they're going off to work, they're doing whatever they're going to do versus, you know, especially if you eat a later dinner, some people might just be going to the couch or going to bed or kind of going into their wind down time. Um, So that certainly builds a little bit of an argument of why, you know, eating carbs in the morning could be more beneficial than at night, perhaps, but not necessarily because of different body functions, but more because of just what you as a human are doing. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I have never even really thought about that. I think because like I always think schedules are so different for everyone. Right. But I mean, that does make sense. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, more things to the the importance of breakfast, I guess. I mean, a lot of studies have shown really great health benefits, improving energy levels, improving the ability to concentrate in the short term, better weight management, reduce risk of type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Well, I'm having a really hard time enunciating. But so there's definitely, you know, some studies that have shown a lot of good things for breakfast. But we're just saying that, like, you know, it's just breakfast. We don't have to, like, make it something that it's not. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, like, you know, yeah, I guess not really any one meal is the most important, but I do feel like personally for me, lunch may be arguably the most important meal just because (laughs) it's like that middle point of your day where like you've had food, but it's definitely worn off or at least most of it has worn off your carb heavy breakfast by the time lunch comes around. And if I don't have lunch, then like I'm still in that primal space for dinner no matter what, but even more amplified than if I were to say like skip breakfast instead. And then the focus kind of goes down in the middle of the day. You have that midday slump if you're not consuming energy. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think to your point, too, with the schedules, it really depends like what's your specific situation you know like do you work midnights like things will look a lot different for you and as we said it's such a social construct you don't even have to call the meal what it is and I think also it's really important too whether you're skipping breakfast or skipping lunch it's like look at where you're at you know if you're skipping breakfast every day or skipping lunch you're not going to all of a sudden go to packing like big grain bowls with chickpeas and a homemade dressing and fresh chopped vegetables, you know, or if you're like drinking coffee for breakfast in the morning, you're not going to all of a sudden create like this huge like tray of breakfast for yourself. So I think like avoiding the pressure of like, oh, it's got to look like this and just think, okay, what does it look like for me now? And what would be like one step above that, right? Like if you're eating just a piece of fruit for breakfast, could you like have your banana with nut butter or something like really simple like that could be helpful. Right. Yeah. And That's something to think about, too. If you are a coffee drinker or a caffeine consumer in the morning, that makes breakfast even more important. Because if you're consuming that caffeine without anything in your stomach, it really hits. That usually comes with a crash afterwards if you're not eating anything beforehand. So a lot of people, you know, they're thinking, oh, you know, I have my coffee in the morning. I feel great. I feel, you know, it helps me wake up. But then by 2 p.m., they're like can barely keep their eyes open. So that's when they start to get into that rhythm of drinking more caffeine and then not being able to sleep at night. And it just all becomes kind of vicious. 
And then how about the fact that when you're consuming so much caffeine, your appetite just tanks? I mean, that happens to me so often if I have like a mid-morning coffee and then all of a sudden it's four o'clock and I'm like, shit, I didn't eat lunch because I'm not even accessing any of those cues. It's like, I mean, caffeine is a type of drug regardless of how accepted it is. And, you know, it's the same like if you're drinking or you've been smoking, it's like you're not really able to activate those internal cues of hunger and fullness to the degree that you are when you're not altered by a substance. And I feel like caffeine should be included in that. Yeah, definitely. And I also think it's uh, important to talk about, so we already kind of touched on, you know, breakfast tends to be a carb-heavy meal. And I think it's a time where a lot of people, you know, they kind of think like, oh, I'm just going to like grab something quick, like I'm going to grab a banana or something, which is fine. But like you really need protein at breakfast. That is what's going to help you, you know, get through to lunch and actually create good energy. You know, a banana is great, but you need to pair it with something else. Yeah. And by pairing it with something else, you're going to stabilize that blood sugar. And so you won't have that big spike and lower. It's not like you're like preparing for a workout where you just want like crazy energy right away where you would get something super carb heavy. You know, you want something that's going to be able to carry you through. Right. And of course, if you're someone too, who's like, you don't love eating something in the morning. Smoothies are always a great option to, you know, kind of throw everything in there um, and get some protein, fats, carbs, all in something that you can just drink rather than chewing. Yeah. And and really, too, I think, like we said, it's really all about meeting yourself where you're at. You know, so if you don't like something, it's not like we're saying, oh, well, guess what? Now you have to start eating this big meal for breakfast. It's really just about getting curious and kind of challenging yourself with that. I mean, I know that like if I portion out food for breakfast that I would eat for lunch, I eat like half of what I eat for lunch in the morning just because my hunger cues aren't fully there yet. And so I have that conversation with myself like, you know, okay, yes, I'm not super hungry right now, but regardless, I need to eat something because of practicality, like my life. I have to go teach a class or have a client or something, and I have to eat something that's going to, you know, stabilize my blood sugar and so I don't feel ill later in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so it's a mixture, right, of like, okay, I'm not super hungry, but I have to take care of myself in this way. And also, I'm not going to force myself to have the biggest meal of the day in the morning just because that's what, you know, culture tells me to. Right. You know, like the breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Make sure you have a healthy breakfast thing. Somewhere where that comes into is like, you know, if the option, your only option, at least for me personally, I don't know how you feel, Emily. If my only option for breakfast is something like a donut or like a pastry, I would rather just not eat breakfast because it makes me feel so horrible. Um, like I get a headache. The blood sugar spike is just like too much. So, you know, if that's, you know, of course you can have a donut or a pastry in the morning. I would just encourage you to eat something else too because that kind of just sends you on a whole nother spike too. Yeah, absolutely. I also find myself being super sensitive to that and I have to eat something as well alongside it. And I think like this is another aspect where like restriction rears its head because I think people think, oh, I'm going to have a donut for breakfast. Like it's this huge, like special treat, whatever. And, you know, I shouldn't dare eat more calories along with this like 
high calorie, if it even is, donut, when really in reality, you should be adding in those foods because then you're going to have a better outcome than if you were to just eat a donut. And so I think being really clear about that is really important. Right. And I I know there's been things circulating, too. I was just telling Emily, I was reading a book recently. It was something that I got from the library, and it was about, like, longevity. And sometimes I'll check out books like that just to kind of see what they have to say and see if it's, like, a healthy thing that people should be reading or not so much. And this book in particular has a lot of different things in it. It talks about meditation a lot. It talks about, you know, saunas and all kinds of different therapies. And there's a little chapter on food. And I'm always kind of scared to read those, but terrified. I'm terrified. I'm terrified to open that up. Yep, I dove right in and there was a whole section about you need to eat less. And I'm like, okay, okay, like, you know, let's see what they have to say about this. And it was it was just saying just throw breakfast away. You don't need it. Breakfast is you should only be eating two meals. Breakfast is not important and don't do it. Eat less, just eat in two meals. And I just want to tell you. Just because you split your meal meals into two instead of three does not mean you're going to consume less calories. I would argue oftentimes you're going to consume more because like what we stated earlier, you know, you get to the point where you come to lunch and you're completely ravenous and you're eating, you know, all of these snacks and things that you probably wouldn't have eaten if you weren't so hungry even before you have your meal and you end up kind of over consuming. And the worst part about all of this to me is like less there. We're just under this assumption that less equals better, like less Mm -hmm. food. Of course, that's going to be better for you. Like and that's it goes back to the donut thing. Like, of course, it's better to just have a donut rather than a donut and like Greek yogurt and banana. Like, of course, that's Mm -hmm. how it's going to be because we're so trained to view it that way because everything's so weight centric. And it's like, well, it's calories in, calories out. Like, that's all that we really care about. And so it can be really difficult to switch that off. And it's sad that, you know, even a book that has this simple little excerpt is fully under the spell of less is better. When that's rarely the case. I mean, of course, there's definitely times when we're overeating. And that's not like a great thing. And it's not like... I'm trying to think if I want to say that. Hold on. It's not like I'm supporting overeating on a daily basis and saying, oh, that's going to be awesome for you. Like, keep doing that. Keep binging all your food. No, that's that's not really like where we want to head either. But we're so focused on doing less that a lot of the times it seems like all we ever do is add food because the advice is so far the other way, as indicated by what's in this book. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like you should be looking at these meals like like when you come down to sit to breakfast or most people probably aren't even sitting for breakfast however you're consuming (laughs) breakfast you know what do you want how do you want to feel after you have that meal and what are you doing during the day I mean it's not just I feel like people think like for example Emily is an expert in intuitive eating so people think oh well she means I should just have a donut and because that's what I feel like and there's more things that are coming into what you're deciding to eat for that morning other than just what you feel like 
yeah, some days I might wake up and think, oh, a donut sounds great. But then I'm also like, oh, yeah, if I eat that, I'm going to feel like shit. And I value not feeling like shit more than, you know, only having a donut for breakfast. So I might have the donut or I would probably have something first and then the donut, maybe eat less of what I was going to eat. Um, So I have room, you know, for some extra donut if that's what I feel like. And there are moments, too. It's like it's the most absolute rudimentary version of intuitive eating to be like I want a donut and I'm gonna eat it you know and so having room for all that nuance is really important and also having room for the fact that sometimes that is what we're presented with and that option is what's happening you know like if you're on vacation and you're eating a ton of like fun play foods like that and you are gonna feel not the greatest afterwards and sometimes that's a choice that you make and that's okay too it's not like you know all the time we have to be just fueling this machine of productivity it's like there's other things that are going on in our lives that are helping adjust your, that are helping other things going on in your lives that all play a role in the choices that you make regarding your food. And so, you know, like, I mean, Vanessa, the days of her wheat allergy, perhaps would be eating wheat sometimes because it would just be worth it. And it would be like, okay, if I feel a little ill after, then whatever. Like, I know what I did to myself. Like, you know, so there's all those types of There's those types of situations where that happens. And I think taking the morality out of that is really helpful and taking the morality out of breakfast in general. Like just because you don't eat breakfast doesn't mean you're like a bad person or just because you do doesn't mean that like, oh, you fully have your shit together. Um, So taking kind of like the power away like that and knowing that everybody's going to have a different individual circumstance. And if you're someone who's listening to this right now and thinking, wow, I, you know, I can see how there is benefits to eating breakfast, but I don't like it. I don't like eating breakfast. I'm not hungry in the morning. I would just encourage you to, you know, start small. You don't have to put something in your mouth as soon as you wake up. You know, maybe you're eating breakfast at 10 o'clock instead. Maybe that's a time where you're kind of warming up to the idea of eating. And again, start small. I would, discourage you from from drinking caffeine before you eat breakfast because like Emily mentioned before that is going to suppress your appetite so you probably won't feel hunger so a lot of people that say they don't feel hungry in the morning that's probably why they're like downing a gallon of coffee which I understand I've totally (laughs) been there kidding and like I nobody's perfect either I mean I try to have breakfast because it makes me feel good but there are days where I'm also like on the pot of coffee train because that's life and we're human and that's what happens sometimes so yes breakfast is important it's not the most important thing ever and you're not gonna die if you don't eat breakfast but we (laughs) would definitely encourage you to (laughs) yeah totally I think also too um you know, it might not work for you having a big meal in the morning and you might be more of a snacker and that's totally fine. I think it's really important in in the intuitive eating journey in general. It's like we really encourage people to just get curious about it. Like what would it be like if you had a snack in the morning? What would it be like if you did it at this time or this time, you know, and just kind of playing around with it and seeing what works for you rather than just kind of accepting our own narrative to be the complete truth without taking any of that exploration to see what it is fully. And just noticing little things too. If you are someone who doesn't eat breakfast now and you start eating breakfast, I know for Emily and myself, we 
have both noticed in our breakfast journeys that, you know, if we don't eat breakfast, we might feel like a little bit more snacky after dinner. Um, and I, I think that illustrates, again, how you can't just eliminate a meal and think like, well, I'm just not going to be hungry. I'm not going to eat more. You might just be hungrier at a different time of the day. And, you know, that could potentially, you know, if you're snacking later at night, that may, you know, affect your sleep depending on, you know, how late you're snacking and things like that. So, you know, kind of weighing all of those things um, and making your breakfast decisions. Yeah, totally. I think my last point on breakfast is something that really resonates for me personally, where if you skip breakfast or even if you have like an unconventional food for breakfast, keeping in mind like, okay, if you didn't have any fruit at breakfast, right, it can be difficult to get the remainder of your servings of fruit in for the rest of the day. So just kind of keeping that on your mind, like if you're having something that's a little more unconventional, like leftover pizza and a salad for breakfast, thinking like, oh, maybe later I could have fruit as a snack or something like that. Because sometimes when we miss out on those food groups in the beginning of the day, it can be a little harder to get them later. That's just kind of something that I find. So if you're able to kind of have that extra space and breathing room in your day to plan that can be really helpful too, to make sure that you're still getting everything that you need, but maintaining a sense of flexibility. Yeah, I think that's super important. So in summary, and what Emily named this recording is breakfast ain't everything, but also it's kind of important. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't really quite roll off the tongue to title the episode officially, but that's really our stance. Yeah. (laughs) All righty. See you next time.